Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Having reunited with the rest of their companions, our heroes are on a search for the lost druid Kron. Juniper accepted a promotion to Chief Justice of House Farge. Butthole prayed so powerfully he grew hammers for hands for a second. And Quinny isn't feeling great about their chances chasing a mad necrotist towards an imaginary castle. What will happen when our heroes set out into the storm? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. So having spoken to Annan, uh, sort of got the lay of the land, determined sort of what's what's been going on in your absence, uh, the Dum Dums have decided to seek out uh, Kron, the uh, mad druid uh, who has uh, has gone north uh, in search of um, the Bastion of Failure, a, uh, a, a fairy tale uh, that he was told by his mentor um, that sounds like it might be some kind of safe spot uh, that uh, in theory... Uh, Annan and the town could relocate to. Unfortunately, um, Kron has been missing uh, for several days, and the north is too dangerous uh, for Annan and her beleaguered and somewhat malnourished uh, troop of amateurs to go searching for. So having determined that uh, finding Kron is in your best interest, both for uh, finding a body for Yevgenovich and also for for finding uh, a more permanent base of operations, uh, you decide to venture north. But first, you need new threads. And so, Butthole, you're making your way uh, downstairs uh, to Leanne Lion Shield. Um, all of you uh, are able to get some winter gear. Um, yes. So uh, give a quick think to what that would look like for your character. Uh, because um, it is it is cold up here, and seemingly um, y'all are trapped uh, in, in Icewind Dale. So uh, it's going to be necessary to uh, gear up a appropriately. Quick- question knowing juniper is transported through portals and lost bodies and merged with things does juniper still have she's still got your vestments or do you not have your vestments of house far she does not everything that was on her body is lost uh, because basically in merging with old west moss she has all of old west moss's stuff um and uh, she has an equivalent sword uh that rhetoric that makes perfect sense my brain just was not yeah, no, it's all good. Clicking man. on that. No, so Tyler's got his because I know that gives advantage to survival in extreme temperature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I gave mine to Bucky. Sure did. He's a nice boy. So you oh, miss that coat. You make your way downstairs and um, you find um, uh, sort of in the back of, of the floor you came through, there's a, a cord, sort of a cordoned off area. Um, where there's a lot of kind of like drafting tables set up and uh, just a mess of scraps of um, heavy fur uh, and thick leather. Um, And amidst it all, um, like sort of stripped to her waist, wearing like just an undershirt, sweating profusely in this incredibly hot room that is just like seemingly steamy just from body heat is Leanne Lineshield, who's just fucking madly weaving. Like she is just fucking working. And she's got like, you know, she's... um, like a bit of an older woman, but she is really fucking fit. Like just kind of that, like um, 
like not uh slim like Linda Hamilton, but like in terms of Linda Hamilton's arms in like uh the most recent Terminator, like just kind of that on on an otherwise just kind of like you know lady who's enjoyed the finer things in life doesn't live a tremendously active lifestyle kind of body, but uh, still very very strong from kind of her craft and her trade. Um, and she is just fucking sewing and like stabbing through uh, leather. If any of you had spent much time with Honor System, uh, you would recognize <laughs> this as uh, how he described sewing essentially being like stabbing things with tiny swords. Um, <laughs> but uh, Ryan, I have to ask, how do you enter this room? Well, obviously, he doesn't want to break a door in this place. He seems kind of dilapidated. So instead, he would open the door, but then kick the wall to get the sound and say, Hello, old friend. Um, and she just looks up and goes, Ah! What? hole. Um, and she drops what she's working on and kind of has to like clamber over the pile of scrap that she's she's working through. You can tell she's dismantled a lot of stuff to try and make sort of size appropriate outfits for everyone. And it means that she's just kind of constantly improvising. So she like kind of stumbles and crawls her way across this sort of pile of fabrics um, and uh, just runs up to you and gives you one of those like warrior arm, arm to arm grabs you see in movies about Rome. Um, and, uh, cause I don't feel like you guys are on hugging terms necessarily. I think you're on like professional friends kind of terms. And she's like, yeah, I think butthole would just accept the terms she gives. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, I never expected to see you again. How, how are you back? I, I thought you, uh, you know, heroically blew yourself up or something. Yeah, so did I, but I fell into the Wild West, and then I went through a portal into hell, and then we sent Moonhammer back to our dimension and killed Manny, and now we're here, and I'm not allowed to go to hell again. Well, that's a shame, because uh, honestly, this place is kind of hell, so you made it. Uh, sorry about the uh, uh, the musk in here. I've been uh, working real hard to try and make sure I can make make enough uh, materials to keep everyone here going. It's uh, It's only getting colder. Oh, yeah. If, if a lot, it seems like a lot of you people are hungry, and I know you're the quartermaster, so I've got this beer stein that refills with beer if you bang it on stuff. Uh, it's it's just going to be empty calories, but it seems like a lot of you could just use some empty calories. So I think I might just leave this with you, and then you can give some calories to whoever needs them. But don't uh, get them, like, wasted or stuff. That'd be probably bad. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll probably keep this away from Dexter, but everyone else can uh, definitely make use of this. Okay, cool. Now, we're kind of looking for some cold gear so we can go find Kron in some sort of invisible castle that may or may not be made up. I mean, yeah, that sounds about right for this uh, particular expedition. All right, uh, what are you thinking? She kind of brings you over to the drafting table. Well, I mean, I got to keep my armor. I feel like he just starts blathering on in a very butthole way that I probably don't need to do out loud for the sake of yeah. time. But uh, <laughs> I think in in the end game, I think he wants like almost one of those Game of Thrones, like kind of knights, night watch kind of fur around the shoulders with like a cloak that'll go lower, kind of button up in the front with they can poke his arms through if need be. And then like a big hood that's like furry around the edge. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the style she's been working with anyway. So that's an easy, an easy fix for her. Um, Quinny, what would you want, if anything? Uh, Quinny sees a, uh, an Ushanka uh, sitting on a, uh, on like a mannequin like head thing. It was like, Oh, I'll be taking one of those, please. And thank you. Um, it's uh, for those of you that don't know, it's, it's like the quintessential like Russian hat, <laughs> with like the ear flaps. Uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, nice. uh, he'll take one of those and he'll grab a pair of like fur, like liners for his boots of springing and striding. So he'll, like kick his boots off and like put those on and then put them on uh, inside. Oh, of, your tootsies are so toasty. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait, I, I want what he got too. 
but I'll only find it outside the outfit instead and of she's like, like uh, we, we've only got the, the the one hat. Is there a different style of hat that, that you would like? Um, something with pom poms. Like I feel like he ends up with that toque with like the ball at the top and the little strings that come down with the little little poof poofs at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. But I think yeah, long underwear underneath seems like a really smart decision. <laughs> so yeah, he's gonna copy that one totally. So uh, so. Quinny's ultimately looking for lining. So he's got basically the same look, but like everything is like fur trim now because it's the, the yeah. fur lining kind of coming out the the ends of his his clothes. So he's got like fur coming up from like around the opening of his boots, his gloves, and he's got the, the Ashanka on his head looking, Love looking it. real nice. Cool. Uh, and Juniper, what would you want? Um, so I think I'd want like for kind of leggings and jacket would be like oiled leather on the outside and like wool on the inside. Um, and then, yeah, I'll have kind of basically like the thick, like leather wool lined boots and gloves that are fur trimmed, of course. Hmm. Um, and I think, I think Juniper would go for like, just like a big full, like white fur cloak that would wrap very, very tightly around her head. For a hood, basically, she would just she could pull it to just like literally have her eyes showing. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, like that. So, yeah, um, Leanne is able to um, adjust kind of uh, the various um, things that she's already got lying around um, to to kind of make those uh, sorts of adjustments for you. Obviously, Quinny, for you, it's more so just like taking things that already exist. Long underwear, that sort of thing, is just kind of widely available. Um, but in terms of the, um, the the sort of bigger cloaks and outfits, she's able to grab those for you pretty easily. Um, Tom, mm-hmm. what kind of, this is like a weird question because I mean, these are always give, give and take, but in terms of like the cloak or whatever the butthole gets, it, what color is it? Like, I don't think he'd specify that because it's like, what the fuck do you have in this weird garment What would factory? you like it to be? I'm giving you free reign. Oh man, then it is black with gold trim. I think it's going to match his armor with like a gray fur on it. Not wolf, because that would be gross. And wolves are sacred creatures of Moonhammer. It's specified in the Moon Mandments. But uh, something maybe it's from like a Sasquatch or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sasquatch fur. <laughs> cool. So he looks like a badass, except his hat is moronic. Uh, I also think, to be clear, this is with the understanding that, like, all the animals that have, like, been used for the fur have been, like, also, like... Evil. They were either evil... (laughs) That's what you were going to say, right? Or they were hunted to, like, for people to survive. (laughs) Yeah, you get the sense that none of this is fashion wear. This is all, like, hearty, like, yeah, you will freeze to death if you do not have appropriate... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not a, a like a fashion outpost. There's yeah. nothing like pretty here. It's all like, you know, just that um, like I, I'm very much imagining kind of um, what uh, a lot of the, the tribes of the Inuit wear, where it's just like it's literally built to be like this is one of the harshest climates in the world. And we have figured out a way to adapt as humans to survive in this climate. It's not like, ah, yeah, and then we skinned five so I could have a cool scarf. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I need this to survive, so here we are. <laughs> You're not looking outside and seeing a fox farm with like 50 foxes, yeah. or they're like, we can't eat them. We're going to sell them next season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, this is a very, um, uh, a, a, like a very, very practical shop. Also, you get the sense that everything here is is um, somewhat old, and a lot of it looks reused. 
Mm. Like it seems like a lot of it's been reprocessed uh, several times. Um, it's part of the reason Leanne has so many scraps to work with. It's just like, yeah, it's very much a no, nothing goes to waste kind of depot. Uh, one thing Quinny would also be looking for, he's just he's just trying to think about like winterizing like his already, as far as he's concerned, his already like very useful outfit and general loadout. Mm-hmm. Um, so lining for the boots, but would there be any um, uh, like uh, frames that he could step into that have like teeth for like better traction on ice and things like that? Yeah, I think we could safely say you can get some like treads like on. You, you, yeah, like just treads that you step into and out of for your boots and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like just clasp like- over. Like crampons? Is that what they're called? Yeah. I think of a crampon as being an animal. Nope. Okay. I Is mean, that the it might be term an animal. for them, Laura. Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, yeah. Regardless, like cleats um, yeah. for like, yeah. for the ice. Um, similarly, uh, Laura, I think with without too much difficulty, um, some of the more like engineering minded folks can figure out ways to kind of like add extra grips to your tires. Yeah. Um, Mostly just so that they're like similar to the the cleats, just give you a little bit more grip on on icy terrain. Yeah, sweet. Um, the chair is is highly customizable, so it's not like a huge, you know, it would take a lot more tinkering if you're trying to like properly upgrade it. But for mm-hmm. like small things, it's it's built for it's a hardy chair. It's built for for all climates. Cool. Um, and so yeah, so all of you get kind of outfitted with that. Um, you get kind of like basic survival stuff if you don't have it in your kits. So, you know, like uh, insulated uh, water flasks, that sort of thing. Um, there's not much awesome. food. There, there's a bit of jerky um, that uh, that you're all kind of equipped with if you need it. Um, but uh, realistically, food is is scarce. Yeah, honestly, we're so well fed that I think Butthole would probably just leave the food for the starving people. He's got yep, a that's fair. He's got a good week right in around the torso region for himself. Nice. Cool. You're like a food camel. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom, don't give me a fifth thing he has to say to people when he arrives. <laughs> uh amazing. Okay. So um are there any other preparations you'd want to make before you set out in search of Kron? Would you want to like stay overnight or are you looking to set out immediately? I mean, like I've got full hit points, so I'm good to go. You know how long ago Kron left? <laughs> Three days. Oh it's, yeah. We should probably go to make it for. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> They're so desperate that I think we can go. The only person who's in any way hurt is, is butthole and he's not, really hurt at all so he could probably just like take a minute to bandage his snow related snowball injuries like any kid just getting a little washed down and get some grit <laughs> out of the cuts and then he's probably good to go yeah okay. would you like me to lay on hands on you do you know why don't we why don't we save that juniper because okay. i feel like I, I feel like this is just one of those rub a little snow on the bruise and it'll feel better things yeah rub some snow on the snow wound <laughs> Yeah, this is good snow. Yeah, it's a real hair of the dog solution. You know? <laughs> there you go. So yeah, he'll he'll just use some hit points and be back to full full capacity. Cool. Um, all right. So with that, uh, you set out uh, in search of of Kron. Um, in terms of finding your way, um, I'm going to be looking for, I believe, uh, a nature check uh, to just kind of get a, a lay of the land as as you you make your way out into the snow. Um, it's gotten colder uh, and a little bit darker. Um, the the snow is beginning to fall a little bit more heavily. It's still that kind of beautiful light snow that everyone likes walking through, but um, 
Uh, you can tell by the snow banks outside that it is uh, it is already getting thicker. Laura, you're you're grinning. Did you roll well or terribly? No, I haven't rolled yet. Um, I was just like, oh yeah, nature, because like Juniper friggin' loves nature, but I forgot that my intelligence is zero and I do not have proficiency in nature. So it's just zero. I'm like just an enthusiast, not a yeah. like it. <laughs> exactly. It's like it. she Tom. loves nature. She just doesn't yeah. know a whole lot about it. Fair enough. Knowing butthole is awful at nature, but he can pray for divine intervention. <laughs> Uh, can I just try to roll for his divine intervention power uh, anyway sure. uh, uh, instead? So how that works, because we're dealing with the flavor of Moonhammer not actually being him for the power. I think it's him trying to use his body to channel her power as like a divining rod to figure out where the hell they should go. Sure. I got a nine. <laughs> I got an 11. It would literally be harder for me to fail by more. <laughs> I, I, I had to roll a D100 for the check and you have to roll under your level. I'm level 14, and I rolled 97. (laughs) You want to spend some luck to try and... uh, Yeah, shit, eh? Wow. Um, I am not a divining rod. I am cold. You're just a rod. My pees a little bit. Hello, friends. It is I, Reginald, local hero who's never run away or been afraid even once. I'm here to tell you how you can contribute to the Horde, or our fortress or whatever. They told me I had to do this, and if I don't, I could die. So let me tell you exactly what you can get. You can get an opportunity to contribute in a way that doesn't require you to risk your life, but keeps me risking mine. I did not approve this script before I read it. Uh, apparently, if you chip in $15 a month, you get the ability to contribute new names to NPCs and characters and locations that can appear in this show. And then some of them might be my friend. Well, that's very good. I need more friends. And some of them might try to kill me, which is just fine. Up to you. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Join today, you can contribute. Plus, there's ad-free feeds, apparently, in some kind of community. Please, just don't send scary things. You set out into, uh, into the wilderness, and unfortunately uh, for all of you, um, you aren't able to easily find uh, Kron's trail. It has been three days and it is snowing. Uh, and before long, uh, you find yourselves in deep snow, woods all around you. You don't know where you came from. You don't know where you're going and you are well and truly lost. Um, the uh, the sun is uh, is setting now. Um, you can just kind of see the, the blazing red of it through, uh, through the trees. Um, and uh, night night is falling. Um, how would you guys try and get your bearings or how would you try and find your way to Kron, do you think, in this current predicament? Uh, can we see the stars? Uh, not yet. You will be able to soon. If you want to wait a little mm. bit, you absolutely can. Okay. Um, I think Quinny will offer that out to the group and say, you know, uh, so we could, you know, wait for a bit to see the stars and kind of get our bearing that way or I don't know. I could climb a tree and have a look around. Um, because we got to keep going north, right? We—I doubt he started going north and then like went east for three days. Well, so, yeah, but which way is north, butthole? No, no, I agree. You go up the tree, and then we could figure that out. And then I—oh my god, what am I, I doing? I don't know shit about nature. We—I got a wolf, the Goblin Junior. 
Like where did, we let you lead the where way? Where did the sunset? <laughs> did we you, see you, the sunset? You can see the sun setting. Yes. Oh, so we know which way oh, is north. Okay, so we know which way is north. Okay. Okay. Wait. Good. Oh, the sun tells you the direction. <laughs> I see Buttles are walking towards the sun. Like, no, no, no. The sun is not north. No. <laughs> so no, the away sun from sets the sun. like at the sea, <laughs> which is west. Wait. So that's the ocean. Eventually. Way, way west, right, Tom? When it's nighttime, is the sun <laughs> underwater? Yes. Way, way west we, is the ocean. Yeah. Oh, are we really about to have this conversation? Or are you fucking with us right now? Does the sun go underwater at the end of every night? No. Butthole. Then, then where does it go? Well, if it sets in the west and it rises in the east... Where do you think it goes? Well, I mean, I know a lot of clerics of the sun god, so I imagine there's a bunch of them in the east setting it on fire, and then they've got a big catapult, and it throws it over us every day, and then it falls into the ocean and goes out now that I know the ocean's over there. This guy's responsible for keeping us alive. I mean, how much realistically would we know? You know that the sun rises and sets, but... No one's been to space. Um, I mean, granted, like, yeah. No, I mean, like, Candlekeep could probably tell you a lot, but like how much ancient would you... Egyptians figured out that like the Earth was yeah, around. I so. mean, realistically, would we know? <laughs> Juniper has traveled widely enough that I feel like it has spent enough time in nature that I think you would actually have a pretty good sense of this. Um, Quinny, I think you would actually as well growing up in a farm, in a farming territory, just like yep. an understanding of it would, would just be common sense. But butthole, growing up in like a cod, no one gives a shit. Sun goes up, sun goes down, who cares? You have 12 hours to kill as much as you can. Then you have 12 hours to kill as much as you can in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's about hours it. to kill, the 12 like, hours to I wouldn't be die. surprised if Archibald was like, I do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. By my hand alone does the sun rise and fall. So yep. I think like Juniper takes a moment. All right, let's sit down for a second. Gathers okay. a bunch of snow, creates like s- s- snowballs of various sizes, <laughs> and basically tries to like describe yeah. like orbiting circles. Like when he's trying spheres. to help by like drawing stuff in the snow with a stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we are ultimately waiting for the stars to come out as we explain. Yeah. Okay. Juniper, so- can you roll a persuasion check? <laughs> sure. Uh, 16. Wait, Ryan, can you roll an insight check to yeah. see how much of it you're picking up? She's doing a good job explaining it, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're doing a great job of listening. Oh man, I am not. <laughs> oh, no. I got a 12, and that is adding 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Ryan, what uh what does butthole what is butthole taking from this from this description they're they're providing? Okay, so every morning the clerics start a new ball of fire and then they just throw it straight up and it gets caught by gravity and it spins around the big snowball like a little snowball until it uh, it circles all the way around and then it eventually falls into the ocean. But sometimes it does like three loops. Uh, I just look at Quinny and say, does, does this matter? Why doesn't no. the sun hit the moon? There, the the moon is like super close. 
it's the moon and the sun after it goes through the water, so that's why it's not on fire. That's just what the middle of the sun looks like. Well, then, nope. but sometimes what? Butthole, come on, think about it. Sometimes you see the moon and the sun at the same time. I do? Yeah. <laughs> I need to look up more. <laughs> but maybe okay, it's a reflection. You know what? what if somebody the, had a mirror? The sun god and the moon god, and they have an arrangement. And, and they just... They so they never hit each other. Oh, They're so it was really like cool. my dad. It was like my dad and my mom, where they were like, "We'll never be in the same room ever." But sometimes one of them would see the other through a window. Yeah, it's so sad. I, I just look at Queenie. I'm like, I I don't think like I don't think it's worth it. I think we should yeah. just continue on. I think I we should just move north. I don't understand how he can come up with unprompted this mirror theory, but he just won't accept at face value that the sun goes around the planet. That's Quinny being wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's Quinny's farmer brain being like, the sun goes around the earth (laughs) like the moon. It all goes around the earth. (laughs) I I let can we just can we just go north? And Quinny looks up to determine where where north is. Yeah, you you can get your bearings down. Yeah, and Quinny's like, okay, burnt enough time. Just go. Okay, so I, I I'm gonna let I'm gonna follow Goblin Jr. because I feel like Goblin Jr. has the best shot of nature. Better than me. Uh, and butthole cast guidance on Goblin Jr. and be like, just look for Kron. Look for Kron, boy. Guidance is plus D6. The guidance is plus a D... Four? I think it's D4. Yeah, D4. All right, well, I got a seven. So, uh, and that's with a four on the... Uh... Oh, and I guess he gets plus stuff. Um, okay, yeah, that's fine. He um, He's able to, to determine, like, he, he basically isn't, he's very enthusiastically leading you the direction you probably would have been going based on the stars anyway, but, like, very enthusiastically helping. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he uh, he leads you, and um, a- after a time, um, you uh, you start to find what you, you think uh, might be uh, some, some evidence of Kron's passing. Uh, can you all please roll me a survival check? It's getting chilly. Uh, do we get anything for our gear, Tom? Um, yeah, I'll say uh, you get uh, advantage based on your your cool. winter prep gear. With advantage, I rolled a seven. Okay. 16. 16? Uh, 22. 22, okay. Um, so, Tyler, you're going to take five points of damage from being cold. Um, but uh, the rest of you are fine. Um Juniper, you're wheeling along um, when you you feel uh, your your front tire and your back tire run over something uh, rather rather Ooh. sizable. Um, looking down into the snow, uh, you you find a um, a blue severed arm. Uh, and I just kind of throw my hands up. Arm. What? Yeah, arm. yeah. You got. I see them both of them. Looking good. No, and I and I and I hold up the arm and I hold up the arm and wave it. Ah! (laughs) Oh, (laughs) is that what Kron looked like? I haven't met this guy. I don't. I don't know. I mean, does it look? How old does it look? Does it look like super frozen and like? Yeah, it looks. It looks pretty frozen, but it also looks like it's been dead for a while prior to being frozen. Ah. I want to see the end of this arm. Is it a clean cut or is it ripped or shredded or bitten 
or um, <clears throat> it does it does look bitten, um, but uh, the wound is has not bled in quite some time. Okay. Um, you can also see that there are clearly um, some uh, what seem to be uh, drawings on it in an ink of some sort. Uh, there seems to be like a dotted line and some arrows. Oh, uh, that's that's the kind of crap I would draw on things when I tried to put together Frankenquinny, I think. Yeah, is this a... Oh. It's like the arrow of where oh. you put it on the other parts would be my guess. Unless that's a tattoo and then I don't know what that is. So so this could be something that Kron had for the Franken body and discarded. If you'll recall, um, Kron had a, a bag of holding full of assorted body parts uh, that he uh, brought with him wherever he went uh, in order to stitch together increasingly strange dungeon-dwelling monsters. Okay, so maybe... We're going in the right direction! Oh wait, wait! Maybe it'll smell like him. Goblin Junior, can you can you come smell this arm? Yes, yeah, nerf. Um, So Goblin Junior gives it a quick sniff and gives gives you kind of like a bleh face, and then kind of nods and uh, takes off uh, in sort of like bolts off into the snow. Um, the three of you chase him um, for for a time. He just keeps like finding body parts and just kind of flipping them back over his shoulder. Um, and, uh, uh, before long, um, you find a, a pile of body parts around the base of a tree. There seem to be a number of, um, footsteps, uh, sort of like paw prints in, in the snow. Um, and you can see sort of drag marks near these, these body parts. It, uh, can I look, is there anything in the tree? Um, looking up? Yes, there is a skinny druid <laughs> clutching the, the tree. Just like pretending, doing the Jurassic Park, like if I don't move, they can't see me though. Krom? Uh? Oh! Krom, it's Quinny. What? Quinny? It's Quinny. Quinny from the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, man. King Quinny. Well, Quinny. But, but, did, did you lose your crown? Uh, he's he's the king, again. This guy uh, over here. This is Bud Farch. He's Red? the guy you were building a body for. He's back. He doesn't Oh. Need. Oh, uh, oh, hello. Hello, hello new uh, friend. Nice to meet you. Yeah, Quinny abdicated, so it's me now. Uh, what are you doing up in the tree? Oh, uh, well, I got a little bit in over my head. <laughs> so uh, I, I was just kind of throwing out some of my, my trinkets and my treasures in the hopes that, uh, you know, the, the wee beasties that were around might uh, might take a liking to them instead of me. And then I decided to just hide up this tree here. I thought it was perhaps the safest place old Kron could be, <laughs> at least until I figured out a plan. But uh, I'm out of bits and I'm out of pieces. Uh, so I, I, I was uh, fixing to just kind of freeze to death up here unless uh, some magical eagles or something came and saved me. I think I read about that in a book once. I was kind of hoping for it, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think so either, buddy. Why don't you come down here and we can we can talk? All right. Uh, but you got to promise me something. What? Can, can, can you promise me you're not trolls? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'll promise you that. I swear I'm not a troll. I swear she's not a troll. That's Most Juniper, the by the way. Hi, I'm Juniper. I could oh, be. Hello. I mean... No, I'm not a troll. We don't need She's to have not this conversation. A troll, she Thank can, you, Juniper. She could disguise herself as one if we need that, if that's useful. You know, Quinny, Goblin Junior over here, Grox, not a troll, Wolf. Well, uh, all right, uh, sounds sounds about right. Uh, is, uh, is Reginald with you? Oh, he's back uh, at camp. Oh, all right. Well, uh, don't see that I've got much to lose if you are trolls. <laughs> if you decide to kill me, it can't be much worse than freezing my balls off up here. So down I go. Uh, and he just kind of like jumps dramatically out of the tree, but he's, he's like a stick man. So it's just like a full body, like just plunges down into a snowbank. Um, body parts fly up into the air. Uh, and he just kind of crawls out of it and uh, dusts himself off. 
Um, and um, just kind of like looks you up and down, butthole, looks you up and down, Juniper, and says, oh, well, uh, pleasure to meet you both. Uh, Your Majesty, I assume. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a true pleasure. I, uh, you couldn't have come along at a better time. It's nice to meet you, too. Do you have a weapon for yourself, since apparently they're trolls? Oh, no, that's why I went up the tree. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll give you a loner. Uh, and he just, like, opens up the stomach of his armor, uh, and he'll take out the hammer and sickle, his, uh, like, his backup hammer. Mm-hmm. hammer. <laughs> you can use this one for a bit. Now, it's a sacred relic, so don't lose it, uh, but but it'll help you, because it's pretty good. All right. Well, uh, look, I'll tell you what. Uh, if old Kron fucks it up, as Kron is like to do, uh, I promise I'll put it in my bag of holding before I go down, and then you can just come in and, uh, you know, you can take it off my corpse. You just reach inside, you grab your, your magic hammer. I just want to make sure you don't lose it, even if I lose my life. Hmm? Okay, everybody, I like this guy. He's cool. Uh, oh, so thank you. We need you to make a body for Yevgenovich, and you have some kind of invisible castle we need to find. Oh, you're going looking for it, eh? You believe old Kron? It sounds like you're the best and only chance we got at this. So what oh, do you dear. Know? I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it had gotten so dire. Kron's yeah. your only hope. Yeah, it's bad, but uh, we believe in you. We believe in you a lot. I mean, I don't know you. I just showed up and you were hiding in a tree, having thrown corpses everywhere, but I feel like you're my kind of person. All right. Well, if I'm your kind of person for doing that, then you're my kind of person for liking it. Uh, listen, um, uh, Kron was up here looking for uh, a little old, uh, nice little piece of home called a Bastion of Failure. Uh, it belonged to a, a famed necromancer known as Duke Fane. Uh, my uh, my old mentor told me about it. Uh, he, he didn't quite believe it was real, and honestly, I'm not too true, uh, not too sure myself. But uh, figured it was worth a shot, better than freezing to death in the fur factory, if you know. So uh, the, uh, the bastion of failure. Uh, well, uh, here, uh, can only just strike up a fire. I got to tell you, I'm a little bit chilly, but I'll be happy to tell you all about it and send you on your way. Uh, Juniper, I feel like you're the most outdoorsy. Uh... Sure. I, 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 yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah. I've set fire. I, yeah, I've made fires. I made camp a million times. Yeah. Yeah. And this is um, fine. Uh, Old West Moss would certainly have Flint um, because, you know, you got to make those oh, cold yeah. desert nights. You got to make uh, make fire. So um, yeah, you, you set up a fire um, to kind of warm your bones. Goblin Jr. just kind of curls up next to the flames and Cron um, uh, begins to, to kind of tell you the tale that uh, was, was told to him. So um, he says, uh, so legend has it that uh, Duke Fane, uh, he was a, uh, a famed necromancer, uh, very feared. Not not quite a lich. He didn't quite get that far, but uh, really good at raising the dead, you know, making them do his bidding. And he, oh, he was a spooky fella. He'd take them everywhere. People would be like, oh, no, look out. It's the undead. They're coming for us. And he'd be like, oh, give me all your stuff. Uh, so he did that for a long time. You know, he'd, he'd go raiding around the, uh, the countryside and take him what he wanted. Um but as I understand it, uh, being a necromancer is a bit of a lonely life. Not like me. I mean, you know, when I'm populating a dungeon with all sorts of critters that I made, that's fun for me, you know, just seeing what fits together and what I can set loose and, oh, how's it going to work? And uh, what's going to be scary? What's a secret weakness? You know, and watching the adventurers, you know, kick their asses and going, oh, I should give it more fangs. Always fun. But uh, with the undead, you're not really doing much, you know, you're just picking whoever you find and bringing them back and saying, go eat that guy's brains or whatever. It's not, uh, it's not quite the same. So enjoying someone else's work not your own so as i understand it duke fine he got uh started to get a little bit lonely you know start to uh start to find that the the life of a necromancer wasn't really doing it for him no more 
So uh, he decided to walk away, which isn't something a lot of, uh, you know, the big, powerful, high-hat magic users do. Something that's quite frowned upon, uh, particularly by their mentors and their communities. So Orduk Fane, he was... Uh, he was worried. He was worried that uh, one of his fellow necromancers, or uh, worse yet, a lich, might uh, might take issue with him deciding to, uh, you know, take a step back and retire, as it were. So uh, he decided to invest in some rather unique magic, and this this is why I, I kind of think the Bastion of Failure might be our best hope. Duke Fane wanted to make sure that no necromancer could move against him in his home, so he managed to find a unique enchantment that prevents the undead from setting foot in his home. He called it the un-undead zone. Just keeps all of them from getting in. And now, of course, it meant he couldn't practice his own craft, which I'm sure was a little bit difficult for, for a man of his, uh, his renown. But I got to thinking, old Kron started thinking, if we needed somewhere safe for us, for our friends, from the undead, where better than the un-undead zone? So this palace, he called it the bastion of failure. Because he found that, uh, you know, his life ultimately was a failure. He was trying to find a thing that would bring him joy, and instead he found nothing but misery and loneliness. So he built himself a place to reflect and to uh, carry on projects, the likes of which I don't know but would like to. So I'm thinking if we can find this place up here in the mountains, it might be a nice place for us to, you know, lay down some roots, figure out what we're going to do, and stay safe from all the undead critters, you know what I mean? Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I want this castle, like, really bad. Yeah, I think mm. like the world needs this castle and this magic. It needs the magic for sure. But people are back at camp there. They're starving and freezing to death. Is this castle going to be warm and bountiful with food? I mean, it sounds like it's just an enchanted castle. I mean, yeah, that's just that's, an enchanted uh, castle. Like, but just <laughs> not everything that the people are going to need to survive. No, but yeah. I bet we, I bet we could feed them troll. Well, I, mean, troller, I, troll. I mean, if you can stop the trolls, uh, uh, they're also a bit of a problem. And that, uh, that brings me to another thing. Uh, so you might have noticed back at, uh, back at the camp there, uh, back in town. Oh, so we are Anon. I don't know if we're still doing that, but in, uh, yeah, in the off yeah, chance yeah. we are, oh, look at me. I'm an Anon too. Uh, yes. So we talked to Anne. It's okay. Oh, I mean, none was, of us are. So okay, great. That's pretty exhausting. I understand why she did it, but really not, not Cron style. Cron's a Cron man, you know? In any case, um, the uh, it would seem the the fellows who who ran it before us they uh, think they got eaten by the trolls, and it was the trolls I ran into up here. I think uh, I think they may be headed for the same place, which gives me hope because it makes me think that maybe it's up there. But they kept talking about a big iced in house, which I can only think is possibly the bastion of failure. So you probably have to deal with them first. But uh, Duke Fane was a very rich man when he uh, when he retired, and I bet there's there's stores there that could at least keep us going for a bit before we figure out the resupply situation. I could probably make us some critters to go get more food. Hmm? Yeah, if there's enough food to sure. feed the trolls, then logically, if we take out the trolls because they're evil, otherwise, I mean, Chief Justice is going to have to make the call. But uh, we could even send uh, like a raven to, to Alan, the portal mistress, and I bet we could open some kind of portal to get some food dropped off or something. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, first and uh, foremost, where did the trolls go? Um, and he just kind of points in the direction that you you were kind of going, so north. Okay. So we can talk out the rest of the details on the way, but like we should get going. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm happy to come with you if you think I'd be of use. But uh, I got to tell you, as as you probably remember, without my bag of tricks, I'm really not much use. So I, I'd be inclined to head back myself. But uh, if you want, I can come with you. 
I mean, so I, I hear the stories around Icewind Dale are you try to turn back and you just find an icy wasteland behind you. Um, and he says, for three days. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he nods and says, oh, yeah, that, well, that's merely because of the trolls. Look, I, I tied this little rope. And he, like, <laughs> pulls up a very, very thin, like, spider uh, silk thread. And he's like, I've had this around my, my ankle the whole time. I kind of thought people just follow this. I thought that's how you found me. Oh, that would have been really smart. But no, we're, we're kind of stupid. Okay, I'm thinking if you go back, uh, you can help look after the rest of the group. I'd say you could start bringing him this way. And here's how you do it so nobody freezes. Reginald, he's going to hate that I told you this, but Reginald has a glamping tent. And if you set up this very small tent inside it, it's like the size of a palace. There's a fireplace. You can cook stuff. There might be food. It was stocked by uh, not Peter Baelish, she told me. So just put everybody in that thing. And then you've just got one tent you got to hide somewhere instead of trying to keep everybody in like a moving caravan or whatever. I mean, that sounds great to me. Uh, I've never really been one for camping, but I'm certainly one for glamping. All right, then you could tell them that we're going to go find this bastion so they can come this way. I mean, realistically, if we don't find it and they stay there, they all freeze. Or if they come this yeah, way. Sounds, sounds better at least to have some hope, no? Yeah, clo- closer to victory. I just like the person we found hiding up a tree, like going to freeze to death, was like sniffing his nose at like <laughs> camping. <laughs> camping. Oh, clearly he's not good at it. He was up a tree, planning it's to freeze to death. Funny. His plan was to freeze funny. to death. <laughs> yeah. Kron, are we going to need to leave a trail for you to follow past this point? Um, he, uh, he he just like holds up a finger excitedly and uh, he takes off the silk thread and just ties it around the tree. It's like, it's great. I'll find my way back here. And, and, and any pieces that I dropped, I'll just pick back up, leave them like little, uh, you know, gruesome breadcrumbs for me to follow back. Yes, Kron, but past this point, will you be able to find us after we've cleared a way to what is hopefully the bastion of failure? The yeah, I mean, place you that you haven't been able send to up, find. send up a signal of some sort, uh, uh, and I'll I'll come find you. I mean, I, I must admit, it was mostly the trolls that prevented me from going any further north. All right, okay, and we could probably mm-hmm. mark trees too. Like Quinny, you got your magic ice sword or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you could carve an X in some trees. Maybe a Q if you want to be dramatic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could I could carve up some trees. We are. Usually pretty good at making our presence known, so I'm sure we could also send up a signal of some kind. All right. Well, sounds good to Kron if it sounds good to you. Let's just build little snow people and point them. Put sticks there in you them go. pointing we, in the direction. We got a lot of ways to communicate here, so I'm feeling very well equipped for this journey. All right, Kron, well, you uh, take care of yourself, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Sounds good. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I think if anyone can do it, It'll be the three and wolf of you. And it kind of pats you each on the, the back kind of enthusiastically. Uh, you all gain one point of inspiration from uh, Kron believing in you and uh, and wishing Pizza. you well. Um, and with that, he gives a little wave, throws a hammer up over his shoulder and like is clearly weighed down by it and uh, starts making his way back towards the camp. Okay, so awkward question for those of us remaining. Uh, it's nighttime. Uh, we're heading towards a land apparently full of trolls. Do we want to try to sleep here so we're rested before we go to fight a tribe of trolls for an invisible castle? Or do we want to try to get a couple hours headway and sleep maybe closer to them? Uh, I'd rather I'd be inclined to sleep further away from them. I mean, we we were hurrying to check on Thrawn or <laughs> Thrawn, Kron. Uh, so uh, I I mean. 
I think also like old West Moss is like very not used to the cold. <laughs> so she's mm-hmm. like, we just hunkered down for a bit and warm up. Okay. So you're saying sleep here. That was a long way around to it, but I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. Quinny thoughts. I'd like to keep going. Uh, All right. We'll keep, we'll keep on. But hold where do you easy. fall on it? You're the, you're, you're the, the tiebreaker. All right. I'm thinking. We go for two or three more hours so we don't go past midnight, and then we can all sleep in some shifts wherever we can kind of find the safest area. Quinny, you're the sneaky of us, so you can find the sneakiest spot, and then we'll sleep there. Does that make sense sure. to everybody? All right. Uh-uh. right. Yeah. yeah. So okay. you continue to travel north um, as uh, the cold intensifies, the snow gets thicker, but eventually you find um, uh, almost the equivalent of a cave just from a, a felled tree. Um, it's got like a, a little kind of warm area, like a little pocket you can you can sneak in under. Um, in the distance, um, you think you can see um, sort of a, um, a, a massive structure, uh, although from here it looks almost crystalline uh, and you fear that most of it is encased in ice. Um, that said, you can make out um, uh, stonework. So you're, you're pretty sure you found the bastion of failure. Um, you're able to make camp fairly easily. Uh, start a small fire to keep warm. Um, you you kind of uh, get set up for the night, and um, you know you you set a watch, a, you know a rotating watch, um, and uh, you know everything feels feels safe enough, uh, as relatively speaking as you can be. Um, who takes first watch? Uh, I'm take first watch. Great, perfect. Yeah. So, um, Butthole and Juniper, you both kind of tuck in for the night. Um, Quinny, you you kind of pull your cloak around yourself and um, sort of uh, uh, get ready to keep watch. You, you know, you're keeping your senses open. Um, it's going to be a long night. Um, so, uh, you know, with the fire behind you, um, your friends safe, um, progress being made, um, you uh, go to lean against a tree. Um, as you kind of like rub your hands together and see the your, your breath kind of uh, appearing in puffs before you. Um, but as you go to lean, uh, you find no solid purchase uh, and instead fall uh, sideways and find yourself pinwheeling through the air uh, before um, hitting hard wood. Um, you can smell chicken and some kind of broth bubbling. And as you sit up, uh, you see a fully laid table Inside a, a familiar, gruesome house, uh, you see Reginald sitting at the long table, and uh, as a pair of teeth troubles the uh, the side of your cloak, kind of dragging you up, uh, you see Baba Yaga smiling at you, saying, Ah, Quinny, good, you're finally here. I'm making dinner. I think it's time we had a chat about the future. Hmm? This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-
B-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dumb Dumbs and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to the Strata. There's two of them following me. I know that for sure. Hand over the package and we'll let you go. You'll let me go? Oh, that's cute. The first bullet hits me in the chest, sends me staggering back a step. All right, you assholes. Let's go! Move it! Yeah, run! That's it! And spread the word! Don't mess with Rust! Ever! Anyone who tries is gonna... Oh, forget it. The Strata. In a dystopian city, an aging courier is forced to go into business with an underworld ganglord in order to pay for the treatment that keeps him alive. Check out The Strata anywhere you listen to podcasts.